David X, how was your uh, how was your Father's Day? Uh, it was during a red eye, uh, flying back from San Francisco. So, uh, but it was good. It was good. Uh, we we were in San Francisco for a while, and um, there was a uh, one place. My favorite part of the trip was going to uh, this one restaurant uh, called the Golden Gate Taproom, which was across the street from our hotel, and they had this thing called a, a Cali Warrior Burger. Um, which is, it was like, it had to have like crack in it. It was like so good <laughs> where like, I like spicy stuff and it's like habanero ranch dressing on it. And, and it was been bacon. It was just like a carnivore delight. It was, it was like, I had, I, we ate there like three times at least. So <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah, great. So when, when we go to the summit, I, it's like, I'm, I'm definitely going to have to go there and get my fix. And right. And right. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Good for you. Yeah. What, what were yeah. you in? What were you in San Francisco for? Um, well, it was a little bit of vacation and uh, just added on to uh, doing a presentation at uh, for the SIIA. Uh, I was on that uh, diversity and inclusion panel out there. So, in in the annual awards, where Red Hat won a bunch of Cody's, so that was fun too uh, to see that live and in person. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's nice. Yeah, I saw that news that the, I mean. We had a lot of awards uh, for yes. that show. Yeah. Yeah. It was like four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was Very good. Rewarding. That's great. Very good. Yeah. And then uh, this uh, weekend, hopefully, weather permitting, I will be at the annual motorcycle rally uh, in my hometown, uh, Thunder in the Valley. So uh, hopefully I won't be caught in a thunderstorm slash flash flood like last year. Uh, but but. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, we'll see. Um, I also have to keep an eye on the weather. You're just going to keep it to strictly metaphorical thunder for the right. Battle. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes, exactly. Nice. Yep. How about you? Uh, good. So I, I had a I had a revelation this week, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna thank uh, our colleague uh, Christine Puccio for this. Uh, she sat me down, looked me straight in the eye, and told me to stop going to the store. Yeah. And uh, what she meant by this was. Uh, that I was wasting an unbelievable amount of time getting in my car and driving to whatever, Target, grocery store, what have you, when all of these stores are very happy to do all of my shopping for me and deliver them to my front door. Mm. Okay. And I, maybe, let's call it pride, uh, maybe it was a fear of the new, uh, mm-hmm. we, for a variety of reasons. I, I had not indulged in these like Instacart services or any of these other things. Um but uh, she's, she, she was very strong with me and told me that I needed to do it and that I would get hours of my week back. And Dave, I am here to report that she was 100% correct. And hmm. I now grieve for the countless hundreds of hours that I wasted over the last several years um, actually shopping uh, when I could have just been you know, sitting through a boring con call and doing my grocery shopping and then having it show up at my door uh, four hours later. Uh, hmm. This is a perfectly good thing. Uh, and it is good and it is perfect. Uh, and I strongly recommend it. Um, if you've been, maybe I'm the last one to realize that these services are great. Um, mm-hmm. as you, as you know, I have a fatwa against uh, using Amazon. And so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh, I haven't availed myself of Amazon prime or anything like that, but these like more local delivery services like, uh, mm-hmm. Instacart or favor or what have you, um, that just saved me hours and hours just in the last week. I think I worked out, it was something between six and eight hours of time. Um, mm. you know, cause you like drive to the store and then you do the thing in the store and then you're driving back and then you're driving to the other store. Um, uh, so anyway, I, I, I feel liberated now 
um, it's uh, it's tremendous. So now delivery is the first thing I reach for uh, if I if I need to go buy something, and only under duress will I actually get into a car. And it's uh, mm. it's been wonderful. It's been great. That's great. Yeah, and that's the other thing too. Is like you go to the, like a Target or whatever, and it may take you a long time to even find it on the shelf. And mm-hmm. it's just a lot of time. And you got to put a, a dollar value on your time too. I I haven't done the uh, local delivery stuff myself, uh, but uh, so what they it's just like the, some you have like a, a shopper that picks the stuff off the shelf or uh, how does that work? Uh, don't know, don't care. Uh, what, okay, not your problem. <laughs> not my problem. <laughs> this is it's exactly the point, right? Um, yeah. The although I have seen the shoppers in the store, so I think they have. You know, there's somebody walking around with an iPad uh, pulling these specific items off the shelf uh, for the okay. for the shoppers. I'm sure that's how it works. Um, and well, so locally we have HEB, which is a famously popular Texas grocery store. And yep. HEB, uh, now that Whole Foods, headquartered in Austin, Texas, has been purchased by Amazon, HEB can see what's in the cards. And yes. they have made a massive investment in this. And so their website is easy to use. It is quick. Um, it is uh, it, it's, uh, provides a wonderful online experience. And mm-hmm. uh, so now I actually look forward to shopping for my groceries online. Um, yeah. and just do, do, boop, 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 put all the stuff in my cart, uh, hit go. And they immediately send me by text message. They say, great, your, your stuff's all lined up and here's your scheduled window, which is like a one hour window, not a four hour window. It's like just a yes. narrow one hour window. It's perfect. Put it in my calendar. And then I'm constantly updated with text messages like, oh, we couldn't find that particular kind of apple, but we substituted for this other kind of apple. Just text us back. Uh, no, if you don't want the substitution and it's like, hmm. awesome. This is great. This is perfect. Oh. Yeah, because I would be worried that it's like for me, if I'm picking out meat or vegetables or something, it's like, mm-hmm. is are they going to pick out some, the first thing they grab or is it going to be the, um, uh, something like rotten or sketchy looking and, or, or do you rate them? Is there any like, uh, like, like an Ubery sort of thing? Yeah. Say, oh, this, this person stunk or you yeah, tip well, them? Yeah. So you don't rate the person specifically, but you do rate the experience and exactly that, like the quality of the, of the produce and stuff like that. So if you want to register you, your displeasure, you definitely can. And you also, this is where the American tradition of tipping comes in handy, uh, because, uh, the driver you do at the drivers are, uh, are, you are expected to tip the, the delivery person. And so, um, the tip is actually a nice incentive to not give you a bunch of janky stuff, I, I think. Um, yeah, but you don't get it out of the bag until after you tip them. Well, I suppose, yeah, well, I guess that's right. I guess if I, I could be a real jerk and make them just stand there and watch me go through each orange yeah. and each kiwi and, and then banana. scold them. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then be like, did you really want to give me this banana? Would you like to change your yeah. mind? Um, yeah. no, I, guess I only right. wanted even numbers of bananas. Which, which <laughs> <is>. <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyway, no good. yeah, that's right. Um, so I, I am just I'm really impressed actually with uh, the speed with which especially HEB has been able to kind of mount this counterattack against uh, the impending um, Amazon invasion and mm-hmm. uh, uh, just I can't imagine what it went into like building that website and making it so easy to use and then having the shoppers and like the whole logistics of that getting that working um, yes. seem really intimidating to me and uh, and it's tremendous it's great and they are almost and like I said they're almost annoying about. Uh, how much feedback they want, um, huh. you know, like that's good. Yeah. Which is great. Which is great. So, yeah. Well, and, and I would think too, that the other reason why I've been reluctant is I would be worried about, it's like, Oh, well you got ice cream or whatever. And then all of a sudden it's like melted by the time you get it or, 
And and they would do like I think around here they do like curbside pickup where mm-hmm. it's pretty much yeah. the same concept, but you just pull up to the curb and then they just drop it in your trunk yep. and you drive away, which could yep. be cool. But I but what about something melting or spoiling? Well, this is where I think the windows become important um, because yeah. they're they're clever enough about the the picking. I'm sure they have. So there's some computer brain somewhere which knows that, um, oh, if there's ice cream in this order, then don't pick the order until, you know. Get the ice cream last. Yeah, get the ice cream last or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, No, but it's – I've had a great experience of it and have indeed ordered ice cream in it, and it came in nice and frozen. So, um, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Strongly endorse the idea of not leaving the house. Yeah. They they must use, like, supercomputers to – to do all those calculations. Oh yes. Uh, nice segue. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm extremely proud of the whole team, uh, about this. So if you did not hear the news, the U S is back in the, I guess the number one slot on uh, supercomputers. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. the, uh, the Chinese, was it China? No, Japan, uh, with the Fujitsu, uh, K, uh, supercomputer. I think that was right. Um, that had the top spot for a while. Uh, but mm-hmm. we recently, um, unseated the number one uh, supercomputer um, but with a uh, ibm and oak ridge laboratory have uh the brand new summit supercomputer um based mm-hmm. on the ibm power chips um mm-hmm. and uh yeah and it's uh and it's running well yeah that's the best part yeah. yep that's the best part so yeah and uh, uh a good chunk of my team has been conspiring to uh to get this running uh, in particular scott harold uh who handles our uh, kind of non x86 architectures he's been uh uh, he's been beating this drum for a while, so it's nice to see this see the light of day. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's. I think that's one of the big things too. Of like, you can come up with the hardware, but you also need to have that software relationship to push the uh, acceleration and the innovation you do upstream, so it gets accepted. So um, that, I think this goes back to our partnership with IBM, going back decades of of mm-hmm. uh, that very rich partnership. So it's awesome. Yeah. Well done. Exactly right. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. No, uh, the whole team's really proud of it. We got we have, yeah. you should see the uh the IRC channels got just lit up when the news came out. So it's cool. Yeah. It's cool. That's great. Yeah. All right, so what are we gonna talk about in the uh on the show this week, Dave? Yeah, we're gonna be making things worse with technology, mm-hmm. uh featuring uh Metallica, AI, locks, and salad cream. <laughs> salad cream. <laughs> we were we were laughing about this before the show. Just the word salad cream is just Makes your mouth water. You want to <laughs> order it? You, it does you just that. ordered a carton of it right now from your uh, Instant Cart or whatever. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, so, if folks want links uh, to more information uh, about the uh, Summit Supercomputer uh, and maybe a link to the uh, uh, the Golden Gate Tap Room, uh, Dave, uh, what website should they go visit? Yeah, they want to go to dgshow.org. So, D's and Dave, G's and Gunner, show.org. Nice, nice. And uh, don't be afraid to rate us on iTunes. Yes, yes, yes. We count on that. Yep. Uh, and on the cutting room floor this week, mm-hmm. it's very small, very small. Um, as I was preparing last night, um, so it's it's really it's listener's choice. Where um, if you're having trouble falling asleep, we I have uh, two app recommendations for you. One is that you could listen to uh, Bob Ross, uh, the painter, or you could listen to uh, somebody from the BBC read you uh, GDPR regulations. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. What a tremendous idea! What just what a spectacular idea! That's so good. Um. All right. Uh. Well, do you want to get into it? 
Yeah, let's do it. All right. So making things worth, worse with technology, uh, self-driving cars. So uh, yeah, earlier in an earlier show, we spoke about uh, this guy, uh, George Holtz, and this uh, comma AI, mm-hmm. um, or comma.ai, I guess, uh, which is an open source uh, kind of self-driving car, autonomous car software. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I'll you know, code for it up on GitHub. You can do whatever you want with it. Uh, the trick, of course, is getting that software into some useful hardware. Yes. I just saw the news this week uh, that a bunch of enterprising gentlemen uh, took this mm-hmm. open source autonomous driving software and stuck it in a Tesla. Mm-hmm. Um, and they go into some detail about what that takes. Uh, you have to kind of trick the car into taking the software um, because maybe wisely the Tesla folks have uh, built the car so that it is awfully difficult uh, to install new self-driving software in there. Um, mm-hmm. which that makes a little bit of sense. Uh, so they have to kind of they have to go through a, a lot of jiggery pokery with the uh, with the with the with the uh, dr- driving system on the Tesla in order to make it work. But they're sure enough they got it working. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. It's maybe a nice little weekend project this summer. Right. Right. And then you take it back to the dealer. It's like, I don't know what happened. I, I don't know. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And and you would think that like probably an over the air update from Tesla could possibly like is making assumptions that that com AI thing isn't connected. So it could be recall kind of havoc, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, it did. Well, I mean, uh, just to set expectations here, this is not a... Uh... Uh, this is not a clean or scalable solution for, you know, kind of cheap autonomous driving. There's like a lot of like bare wires hanging out of the car. And right. uh, yeah, it's like, it's, it's super janky. It's super janky, yes. but it is cool that they could do it, I guess. Hmm. Good stuff. Good yep. stuff. Yep. All right. Uh, okay. So self-driving, we can definitely make worse uh, with some yes. open source software. Well, what else can we make worse this week? Uh, m- music. Uh, we can make mm-hmm. worse. Um, so, uh, so the Facebook AI team, uh, they have it's, – it's pretty interesting if, if you check it out. Um, they have taken like – you know how with with, uh, with AI you could take this corpus of work and then train it to do different things? Well, they would plug in like all these like Beethoven symphonies and Mozart or you know, whatever it is, piano playing and everything, and then take another kind of music – pump it through this AI and it would transform that music into the sound of what the corpus was based on. And mm-hmm. so uh, one example is like, there's like a clip thing where they, they took um, uh, uh, Metallica and then they, they uh, pumped it through uh, a Beethoven style piano and it, you know, it, it's like the guitar and the yelling and all that stuff. It sounds like that, but just, performed by a Beethoven symphony. So if you've ever heard of, uh, you know, like a lot of the bands that will do like an unplugged with an orchestra backing or whatever, it's, it's kind of like that, but it's automatic. Oh, nice. So kind of a, like a genre transposition. Is yes. That a, okay. Got it. Got it. Yeah. That's actually, yeah. yeah, that's, that's actually pretty cool. I can also see how that would make a lot of music much, much worse. Yes. Yes. And, and there, there are two bands that uh, I like that it just drives my wife and daughter crazy. Um, one of them is the Klezmonauts, mm-hmm. where they, yeah, they. I don't know if you ever heard of them. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, they're great. Yeah. They're great. Yeah, uh, Jewish Christmas carols. Um, so that's one of their specialties. And then the other one is Hazy Dixie. Did you ever hear of them? No. Okay, so uh, it's basically um, it started off as just ACDC covers in bluegrass, 
but they've they've branched out to do other things, you know. Um, a lot of picking and grinning and all that, and it's it's just uh, um, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, but the thing is, is that it's like I like those things, but if you can basically create an AI to generate them automatically, does it make that music? Like, you know, is it less of an art form then? And I'll use art form in air, air quotes, but it's like all of a sudden it's like if you could, you know, laboratory synthesize whatever you want out of it, does it make it less special or less unique? Uh, well, I guess it depends on what you think the art is. If the art is designing the the machine that does the trans does, that does this transformation, um, I, I suppose that could be a kind of an art form, right? Yeah. If you appreciate that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also, I mean, I don't particularly care if uh, I don't particularly care if something was algorithmically generated and is still pleasing to me. I, um, I don't know if it's it does make it less special in the sense of like creating a human connection, I guess. But um, that's not always what you're looking for if you're listening to a bluegrass or a, or a klezmer music, right? Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe I don't know. Yeah, I mean, listen, if 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 uh, if Muzak uh, being pumped into a target is uh, mm-hmm. can be considered art, then then why not, right? Well, that's that's basically it. I can imagine, like, Muzak, like, instead of paying the Muzak people, it's like you could pump it through an AI and, and get the Muzak, uh, you know, for free. Uh, or, or, like, the Muzak people would, would uh, you know, they would lay off all their musicians. And and this is a, I'm the same Luddite, I guess, uh, complaining about the, the people complaining about the synthesizer back in the day. <laughs> right, right. I guess there, there's a, probably don't want to get into it now, but there is an interesting question about, you know, automation for most of human history has uh, freed us up to do more interesting things. Um, and freeing us up from making music seems like the end of the line, right? Like, like if we're we're like, yeah, if we're we're done, (laughs) like if we're not, if if we no longer have to even do that, um, then, uh, I guess we just hope that somebody passes the, uh, universal basic income and, uh, and we all go to Florida, right? Is that the, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, or yeah, you could work on computer generated art, um, you know, <laughs> paintings and stuff like that. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, speaking of into the line and AI. Yes. Yes. Uh, and, and free time. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's, um, so the, the fine folks at MIT have created the worst, uh, or I'm sorry, the world's first psychopath AI. I love this. I love this story so much. <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah. So, and this is one of those, like, um, you know, talk, you know, when you think about like AI biases where yeah, garbage in, garbage out, and, you know, people talk about, um, you know, uh, training things, but it, it has the biases of the data that you pump into it. Mm-hmm. Well, what uh, the MIT folks did was that they specifically uh, uh, pumped in um, the worst parts of Reddit and the darkest corners of Reddit. Uh, to generate a psychopath AI. Nice, nice. And so, oh, so this was, this was like a performative thing from their point of view, just to illustrate what happens when you choose the wrong corpus. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Got it. Uh, well, hell, it worked. Um, <laughs> some of these, the, uh, oh, so what it was doing is it was captioning ink blots, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. So it lays out, you know, like you do the psychological test where they put an ink blot and what do you think it is? And they, mm-hmm. they had a, a standard AI and then they had, uh, they call it the Norman AI after uh, Norman Bates. <laughs> and they're like, okay, well, what, you know, so what do you think this ink blot looks like? And um, um, like, for instance, there was one that was like, 
the standard AI said that, oh, it looks like a group of birds sitting on top of a tree branch. And it, that's nice, right? And uh-huh. where it's the same inkblot, the Norman AI uh, describes it as a man is electrocuted and catches to death. <laughs> My favorite was, uh, okay, standard AI says a black and white photo of a small bird. And, and Norman says, man gets pulled into dough machine. <laughs> 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 this is the best part about it is that the psychopath AI is so weirdly specific. About the, like, <laughs> yeah. 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 Pregnant woman falls at construction story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's great. That's really great. Man, mis- man murdered by a uh, machine gun and broad daylight. And you know, it's like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, and then I saw some some clever guy on Twitter uh, reminded everyone that, you know, hey, listen, a lot of people make this mistake. Um, uh, when we talk about the psychopath is actually the researcher and the program is the psychopath's monster. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is true. Yes. Which is true. Um, yeah, no, uh, uh, choosing the right – and it, it's interesting. Uh, so it uh, certainly illustrates the point of, like, if you choose the wrong corpus, like, your AI can definitely – make a bunch of bad decisions right um Mm -hmm. but even less transparent than the corpus is uh is the model that that you're using right and i think um it's the combination of making good or bad choices on the model which it i'm sure ai researchers would tell us that like if you choose if you're choosing your model or making decisions in your model you don't always know the consequences of your choices um and then add, add to that the wild unpredictability of a large enough corpus to create a useful AI. Um, and, uh, you know, what could go wrong? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also, you know, the other problem is how do you debug it? And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like how, or how did it come up with this answer and how do you trace backwards into uh, seeing it's like, how did it come up with this result to begin with? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Totally fascinating. I'm, I hope I'm very well retired before I'm, I'm asked to solve any of these problems. Um, yes, this, this is very, uh, well, I don't know. I was about to say scary and I guess it is scary. Um, mm-hmm. cause most of, you know, when you and I coming up, information technology was, uh, nothing if not predictable, right? You know, yes. Good idea about when you put these inputs into the thing, this stuff is going to come out of it. Um, yep. for the most part. Um, and, uh, the fact that, the consequences of AI are so poorly, apparently poorly understood. Um, that actually, it actually does pretty deeply concern me, right? Um, yep. All right. Okay. So, yeah. uh, okay. Just well, a... Speaking of psychopaths. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a lot of times you run into like somebody that wants your phone number and you don't want to give them your phone number. Um, and a lot of times people just like make up a number or like change their phone number by a number just to like mm-hmm. give them a number to get them off your back and yep, uh, yep. Uh, get them away. Um, there is a – I guess somebody put a post out on Twitter and other people replied to it and then somebody wrote an article based upon all the responses that they got. And um, one of them was uh, – so it's basically a whole article on – you can give out these phone numbers, uh, uh, prank phone numbers to uh, uh, to creeps. And so, um, one, you know, so some of them are very serious in terms of, uh, you know, um, you know, it's like 
you call this number and it would say that, oh, well, the woman that you're talking to is not comfortable, you know, not into you. And why don't you leave them alone? And like makes the person uh, shames them into like like not being a jerk. Um, but then there are some other ones that are fun, too. Like there was one that it's basically an answering machine for like a, uh, a morning zoo program where you've reached the rejection hotline. Leave your leave your message and we might read it on the air and or whatever, you know, and so they'll they'll do that. Um, but then there's another one. It's it's called uh, Call and Oats. Uh, so if you dial uh, 719-266-2837, um, it will basically take you to like this messaging service where it's press one if you want to hear, you know, and it, it goes through a whole list of uh, Hall and Oats songs that you could listen to. <laughs> and, and they're all at that like eight kilohertz, you know, like it sounds like it's over a telephone. It's like like hold music sort of like, oh, it's it's. So bad, it's awesome. That's great. That's great. Yeah, I love it. All right. Um, all right. What else have we got? What else, what else are we making worse this week? Yeah, oh, locks. Locks. That's right. Locks. So, do you have uh, with all all your Google automation and everything? Do you have a smart lock to get in your house? Uh, no, I did in in a previous house. I did have a smart lock, um, but not in this house. I'm actually I'm. Uh, I, I am, I'm beginning to seriously consider it. So this is, this okay. is, this is timely. So don't, don't get this lock. Um, okay. so yeah, so this, this particular lock, it's a, it's a padlock. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, there is like, you go to the link and then there's like a video review of it and everything. So it looks like a padlock. Uh, so instead of the, the tumbler on the side where, you know, you pick the numbers and, mm-hmm. and you know, to get it to open, mm-hmm. it's just basically a thumbprint reader or a fingerprint reader. And then you press it so many times and you train it and everything. And it's it's like you watch the video review and it's actually kind of cool and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he starts taking it apart, uh, like li- uh, literally and figuratively of, of like all the security problems with it. Um, <laughs> and the biggest problem is like in the video is that if you look at the lock, there are screws on it and they're, they're torque screws. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's a little bit more secure if you don't have it, you know, for criminals that don't have torque screwdriver sets, but it's like two Torx uh, screws. You take those out and you could take the back off of the lock. And once the back of the lock is off the, the clasp, just like you could totally open it. <laughs> it's not like you even have to tear it apart anymore. It's like once the back is off, it just swings right around and you're done. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's great. Yeah. Oh man, that's really bad. Um, speaking of uh, speaking of obvious security problems, did you hear that we had this this North this summit with the uh, with the leader of of North Korea and uh, and the president? Um, did you see the uh, the goodie? What was in the journalist's goodie bag? No, no. What did they have? Uh, a set of USB fans. <laughs> Like, right. Yeah. So the fans yeah. in air quotes. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Oh, I'm sure they were very functional fans. I'm not sure right. that's all they did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Security enhanced fans. <laughs> so the, yeah, it was a pretty transparent attempt to put some malware on the uh, journalists, uh, journalist laptops. But um, it did highlight the. Uh, it did highlight uh, how little formal security training a lot of journalists get, especially when they, you know, when they work overseas, um, and. Uh, you know, you can certainly imagine some journalist who's, you know, never been explicitly told that this is a problem. Like might realize, Oh, great. USB fan. I'm just going to plug it right into my computer and, um, and be cool. Yeah. And be very comfortable and, uh, enjoy my brand new firmware. 
you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and that, yeah, and that's where you, you know, it's not like, like, even if you took, you sampled a couple of, couple of them, like maybe almost all of them, but one were like normal fans, but mm-hmm. there's that one journalist that you want to target. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, it, it's so easy to compromise. Yeah. 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 That's right. That's right. Yeah. <sighs> all right. So I'm going to be traveling with uh, Soren here uh, next week. Um, yes. and, uh, one of the things I'm worried about is, you know, he's four years old and I'm looking for, uh, we're going to, you know, we're going to be cooling our heels in uh, airport terminals for a while. And, uh, so yes. do you have, do you have any strategies for me on that? Yeah. You need a sarcophagus. I'm listening. Yes. Um, so yeah, so this is, uh, I actually saw one of these already. Um, but there's one that I saw that came out. It's, it's called, uh, a nap pod, um, that it kind of looks like, uh, spaceship pod that that you like it opens up and then you could sit in it um and i guess it could like lay down like completely flat too and uh it's like uh 18 bucks an hour if if you want to um if you want to do that and there's i guess there's like a trunk in it where you could stick your uh luggage in there and and everything does it does it move around i mean i'm looking at the photo here it looks like it moves around nope no it it just uh sits still and uh Let's you uh, recharge yourself and your devices, I guess, and watch huh. Netflix. So okay, all right. Um, I'm wondering why they were looking at the design of this thing. Am I wrong? Like it looks like it should be moving, right? Um, yeah. Like, I I think it'd be pretty cool if like if this thing picked you up uh, at yes. at one gate and then conveyed you to your next gate. Like yes, that would be pretty. Yeah, cool. and that. Yeah, maybe that's a 2.0. Um, you do. <laughs> Uh, submit an RFE, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> they did say that they are looking for feedback on there. That it's like, just say, hey, this sucks. This doesn't move around. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't use it. it doesn't yeah. move. That's great. Yeah, but there, there is one in. There's another one in uh, uh, LaGuardia and a couple other airports uh, called the Jabberbox, mm-hmm. uh, which it's. Instead of it being something that you could lay down in, it's more like uh, a very, very tiny, like uh, like a one-person like McDonald's booth mm-hmm. um, with a door, and it's all soundproofed and everything. And then you sit in it, and um, you know there's a big screen in there, and there's it's um, but and it's like was it thirty bucks an hour? And like when I saw it, it's like oh that's kind of cool. I might be interested in doing that, but. The the thing I didn't like about it is it it, it almost felt too much like a uh, like a, like a camper um, you know it's it's not that like plush or luxurious it's much more functional more like a like a wooden bench with a little bit of padding on it like a, like a McDonald's sort of bench that it's not right. meant for you to like just like it's not like a sofa or something it's like oh this is really comfortable or yeah. like a first class seat um, and it's it's like kind of upright and it it feels like you're sitting on plywood mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, and then there's like all these fans that'll like suck air out. So, you know, all the heat and the air out and everything, but it allows you to be, you know, to have a quiet place to make a phone call or, or whatever, but it's, but it's also upright. So you can't like lay down. You have to be sitting up the whole time. Right. For laying down, you got to pay extra, right? Like that's Well, or use, use something else, but yeah. yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. or like, like turn it 90 degrees, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, I totally that. I mean, uh, you and I have both been in the position where, um, you know, you're in the airport and you want to take, uh, you wish you could take this important call. Um, and, yeah. uh, it's nice to have a nice quiet place, uh, to go. But this is the thing that struck me is, um, 
so now we're talking about, you know, 15 bucks for 30 minutes or 18 bucks an hour. And it used to be that you could do this for free and we called them phone booths. Yes. 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 And, and so that's like, what, yeah. And that's what this thing looks like. It's like a slightly fancier phone booth, but that's pretty much it. Yeah. Like what? And, uh, so how far have we come actually? Um, yes. Yes. I wonder aloud, but the, but the, the 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 phone booth was subsidized by your long distance bill, yes, which is now zero. Yes, I suppose you're right. I suppose you're right. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. all right. And well, and what what's your policy on uh, like airport lounges, like like the Ambassador Club or or whatever the the uh, airline club of your choice is? Uh, for domestic travel, I really, I can't be bothered. Like I'm so rarely, I suppose if I was laid over somewhere, it would, it would make a little bit more sense, but I definitely got pampered, uh, flying internationally. You know, when I go through Heathrow terminal five, um, mm -hmm. getting into any of the clubs there is definitely better than the, um, uh, than the, uh, eating a cold sandwich and steerage experience of, a of, of, of the regular places in terminal five. So, uh, international travel strongly support that. I think that's, uh, yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. Like I'm the same way where it seems like, like you go to like the American clubs or the United clubs that I've been in and it's really, it's just, you know, you are, it's like all the, the coffee you could drink and all the goldfish you can eat, but that's about it. <laughs> and you're, you're paying like 75 bucks for that. Right. And it seems just as loud. You have people running around on your phones, kids running around and it's, mm -hmm. it's not very quiet you don't have the, uh, quiet place, but, uh, but in Akron, there there is a complimentary business lounge. Uh, I don't know if you saw that when you went through Akron. No, no, I don't remember yeah. this. Yeah, it's it's a uh, um, there is a business lounge there. Um, but the thing is, is like in Akron, you go through it, you're in Akron very quickly, and you're like out of there. Um, but it is like a nice like quiet place where you you could just really chill out and everything and it's mm -hmm. it's pretty nice and it's sponsored by um one of the local um uh office furniture uh companies and uh which is good <laughs> advertising for them and that's great um, you know it's little cubicles there you could recharge everything and it's it's quiet um it's great nice yeah i th i uh i think I mean, here's the thing about the lounges. Like, if you have planned out your time and your travel correctly, you don't need the lounge, right? Correct. Um, yes. And that's why I make the exception for international travel. Like, you know, you got to wait eight hours. Like, you don't want to do that sitting in a uh, sitting on a plastic seat, right? Um, right. You want to get yourself a cup of coffee, maybe get get yourself a, a free croissant or something. Um, but uh, uh, but yeah, domestically. Um, although actually no, no, I'm saying these, as I'm saying these words, I'm now amending my statement. If I'm flying through Chicago, I can definitely see the use of a lounge because there's no way I've never flown out of Chicago on time and yeah. usually with several hour delays. So I can definitely see the utility of a, of a lounge in Chicago. Yeah. 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 And then, and Chicago is loud and everything too. So yeah, that's right. That's right. Yep. Yep. Um, so this, on this next topic, uh, salad cream. Yes. Watch this segue. The last time I saw a bottle of salad cream was in Heathrow Terminal 5. Yes. Did you partake? I, I did not. I eyed it suspiciously. It was on the table <laughs> at my Wamagata? Wamagama? Anyway, the, there's that restaurant on the second floor. And uh, I was enjoying breakfast there. And I saw this bottle of salad cream. And uh, 
noted its presence and then then ignored (laughs) it. And then I pretended like it wasn't there. Yeah. 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 So, and that's the thing. It's like, I just until like yesterday, I never heard of salad cream. And it's like the first time I I heard of it, I'm like, it sounds like something a a dermatologist would prescribe or something. You know, you need to (laughs) rub some salad cream on that, you know, and (laughs) Dr. Bronner's, um, Dr. Bronner's old timey salad cream. That's (laughs) right. Right. Yeah. That's that's what I made my potato salad with. But uh, yeah, but I, I guess it's a thing. And, uh, I, the problem that Heinz is having, it's it's a product made by Heinz, is that they're seeing uh, declining sales of it. And they're also seeing that people are spending more time putting salad cream on sandwiches. And then they're looking at rebranding it to call it sandwich cream, which mm. rolls off the tongue equally in my <laughs> yes. mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and so the all the internet people are just like up in arms about it, uh saying that they hate it um and everything. So um um but they're they're trying to attract a younger demographic and and think that uh, sandwich cream would be a much uh hipper uh rebranding of of that product. Yeah, this is a this is this sounds like a very tricky product kind of this sounds like a very tricky kind of product brand management problem uh where like the solution may be worse than the problem in the first place. Um, cause you, you start calling it sandwich cream and, uh, you're just inviting, uh, jokes and, uh, a kind of like a lot of bad attention. Um, yes. Yeah. People uh, talking about it on podcasts. Right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's right. EG right now. <laughs> yes. so, <laughs> um, no, I'm telling you that this, uh, uh, probably the H E B, the salad cream sales are going to skyrocket right now. They're going to be ordering it off their, uh, mobile app and be <laughs> flying off the shelf. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Google add salad cream to the grocery list. All right. It's on the list. All right, done. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, well, good, Dave. Um, yeah. So, if uh, if folks want links, uh, is that well? I think everybody wants a link uh, to see some of the uh, the results of the world's first psychopath AI. Um, yeah. What that's, website? That's should your they... first stop. <laughs> what website so, should they go visit for the for some? They want to go to uh, dgshow.org. So D's and Dave, G's and Gunner Show dot org. All right. Uh, All right. Well, uh, thanks, everyone. Thanks, Dave. Yes. Yeah. Thanks, Gunnar. Thanks, everybody, for listening.